Hello sports fans and welcome to this week's episode of Pub Talk Rugby League, a podcast where old mates from high school meet up to talk about rugby league. My name's Adam and I know very little about football, so I'm joined like always with my panel of armchair experts. Smokes? G'day boys, I uh, hope you can hear me alright, I'm having some technical difficulties with my internet tonight, but uh, we'll see if we can soldier on anyway. Yeah, we're all having technical issues. Uh, and the principal? Hello, it's been a rough start to the podcast, but we'll get there in the end, I think. Yes, well, we're in finals football this week, so uh should be a short one, but um, that's okay. Phantom's not here because, you know, he's the Phantom. Principal, how was your week? Did you watch any of the games? Uh, yes, I did. I didn't have the the depressing outcome of the Raiders losing this week, so I enjoyed all, all of the week's games, so I pretty much watched all of them. Um, probably except for the Eels-Knights game, I probably only caught a little bit of that, but it was an enjoyable sort of first week of the finals. What do you think, Smokes? Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed um, most of the games. I mean, I pretty much caught nearly all the action. Um, you know, there was, a, I think, the, probably the, the highest quality game was the Saturday night game between the, the Panthers and South Sydney. But, um, but, yeah, a couple of other close games. Both the elimination finals were very close and tightly fought, and there was only one blowout. So, yeah, very, very, um, very exciting round of footy. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, Storm versus Sea Eagles. I didn't watch this one, but I watched the other three. Uh, Give us the highlights, uh, principal. Um, highlights, just everything the Storm did. They were they were very impressive, and Manly sort of um, Storm managed to contain Tom Dravojevic, and that basically was Manly's game plan sort of gone, and they they really found it hard to to sort of put any sort of dent in Melbourne's defence. So yeah, it was um, very impressive by the Storm, and you know all their stars were sort of back up back, you know. Full capacity. You got Munster. You had uh, Pappenhausen. They were fantastic. So, yeah, it was really, um, you know, as expected, I guess. You know, Storm doing their Storm things, but it was just surprising. Manly were a little bit sort of slow in this game, and I'm sure they'll bounce back this week. But yeah, I guess I would just say, yeah, with that game, obviously um, Melbourne were just such a class above, and um, they seem to be Tommy's um, kryptonite because they've taken him on a couple of times in the last month, and they seem to have controlled him pretty well both times. So. Um, yeah, they're looking the team to beat the Storm. All right, and then game two, uh, the first one for Saturday, Roosters versus Titans. Oh, Smokes, I've got so thoughts? much to say about this game. Um, whether we're going to do like a, a more uh, a more intensive sort of um, re- review of these games now or later, but um, look, it was a very exciting game of footy, end-to-end stuff, close all the way. I think at one point the Roosters looked like they were pulling away, but the Titans reeled them in. Um and there was a pretty dramatic finish um, for a couple of reasons. One, the Roosters were very fortunate to get their field goal. And they were also very fortunate that um, the Titans centre, Mr Herbert, um, didn't realise he had the most damaging, destructive ball-running second rower running off his hip who he should have passed it to in the final seconds of the game. So the Roosters escaped. They seem to be doing that a lot this year and they're through to week two. Was that the one where young Sam, <laughs> Sam someone or other... Sam Walker got the field goal, yes. Um. Um, but it was the, the interesting part, I guess, has been discussed all week so far, is the ease in which he got the field goal, we might say. Yeah. Um, with some interesting tactics that were used. Um, you had some two of the big guys uh, blocking the way, so he could yep. have a, a nice, easy shot, but... You know? Yeah. It went un, oh, unchecked. Absolutely. And, and... Um, but you know what? In saying that... The more I've thought about it as well this week, it's really hard for the ref. He, you know, a lot of the time they're not going to pull that blocking play up 
at the end of a game to decide the game. And that's that's always going to be an issue. Yeah, I, I I mean I can give a bit of a pass to the ref um, on the field because everything's happening so fast. But the bunker could see that very clearly. It was replayed enough times before the kickoff happened. There's no like they they overturned tries. There's nothing to say they can't overturn a field goal. They could have easily stepped in and said no. They ran an illegal blocking play, a wall. And when you see how close Mitch Ryan actually got to Sam Walker, the fact that 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 split second that was taken away from him by the Roosters' wall could have made the difference. And in the end, it it, it was their season. Their season's gone now. And I think that it, it's sort of been. I mean, it's been spoken out about a bit, but people are sort of like, oh, well, we'll just move on and forget about it because it was the Titans. And I don't think that's very fair. I mean, if, if could you imagine if it was reverse, if that had happened to the Roosters or Melbourne or Penrith, we wouldn't stop hearing about it. Like, it'd be like, oh, this is a tragedy. Yeah. It shouldn't have happened. It's not fair. They're one of the top teams and they've been robbed. It's like, well, the Titans weren't expected to make it that far anyway, so who cares? I just don't think that's right. No, it's um, it's I'm finding it very interesting how roosters are getting some um, getting all the oh, sort of fifty yeah. fifty calls their way, which is ever ever since the um the press mm. press conference uh, blow up yep. a couple of weeks ago, it's yep. been it's been interesting, uh, you know, in uh, the Raiders game, and you know maybe I'm being a little bit biased, but you know there was a lot of fifty fifty calls. I thought went, they were they were went only one way, yep. and um. Yeah, it was interesting in this game too. It's amazing what a little bit of um, public bad publicity, yeah. I guess for the refs and you know what the coaches can, how they potentially can influence something. Yeah, but, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they go this week. Um, looking forward to the, this week's game actually. Yeah, they've certainly had the rub of the green in the last couple of weeks, and um, yeah, I just thought it was a real shame because um, it was such a good game. And look, the Titans still nearly snatched it. I mean, we we can't overlook that too. They bombed it at the end. Um, I mean, oh. even if you forget that it was David Fafita who he could have given the ball to, they had an overlap. It was just a very simple draw and pass, draw and pass, and the winger scores untouched. I mean, if he gives it to Fafita, yeah. I reckon Fafita would have crashed over. He's that damaging. He's he's hard to stop at that speed with, with a retreating defensive line. By the centre running the ball the way he did, he gave the Roosters the only chance they had to stop it. He basically played into their hands. Yeah. It was the only chance they had to stop it was him running the ball. And it's a shame, and he'll learn from it, hopefully. But I, You know what? I can maybe sort of forgive that, you know, he didn't pass to David for feeder on the inside because they were going out wide. Mm. But surely it was just that put it through the hands yeah. to the winger, yeah. and then he scores. Oh, like, absolutely. They he would have, that player would have done that 100 times. Oh, absolutely. And, and, um, and, and it, was, it was just yeah. crazy that he... That mo- brain snap that he thought, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'll take it on. And yep. and you're right. It was the only opportunity Roosters had to stop that was him running and then making a freak tackle. Yep. And they got there. And um, and that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, exactly. and you saw Corey Thompson blowing up in the wing deluxe. That was a huge spray. He, he, gave, gave, he him. gave him a good serve, didn't he? Oh, he was not happy. Because, well, he, he knew when yeah, that play yeah. started, it was like, just put it through the hands, guys. And I, and if they had done it right, if they'd just drawn him past, drawn him past, he would have scored untouched. It was not like it would have been a, oh, he'll have a fight for his, on his hands to score. So he would have scored untouched. Yeah. Chance gone missing for the Titans. Yeah, it's just crazy. And they did, I mean, they, they did all the hard work to get that point. They ran, they ran what? It's amazing. Uh, amazing. 60, the, 70 yeah, metres to get down to the that left. point. Yep, absolutely. It was great to watch. And, yeah, it was a good game, though. It was 
I guess as well, a bit of, a bit of credit too to Sam Walker, who came up with the big tackle the play before when they made the big break. I mean, he was the one who made the tackle to make the Titans have to play one more play to win the game. So that, that can't be forgotten either. I yeah, suppose. he did. Yeah, that's right. On to the next game. Panthers versus Rabbitohs. Another close one. This is the upset, actually. This is the one well, that... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yep. Wayne Bennett's team. Yep, Uncle Wayne does it again. Uh, even that without without Levitrell Mitchell. You boys can confirm this as well. I sent a message on Saturday morning saying, I've got a feeling the ambush is on. I've got a feeling that even though I tipped the Panthers on the morning, I just had a feeling, no, I think South are going to win. I didn't, I obviously, I didn't, you know, I, no, I couldn't change my tip. I'd already put it in, but I sent them, that's why I sent a message. Like, guys, I've got a feeling that, that South are going to, are going to do something here. I just and the reason is, and and I sort of looked into the entire week with the build up to it. Um, everyone basically saying South can't win because they lost to them three weeks earlier, and now they didn't have Latrell. And Wayne was very smart this week during during the week with um with how he handled the press, put the pressure right back on Penrith when they tried to accuse South of trying to get get some illegal advantages in taking out Nathan Cleary's kicking game and. Bennett just fired back and said, well, you got, how, how are we ever going to get to him? You run illegal block plays all the time. And it worked an absolute treat. The first kick Penrith put in the game, the referee warned them about it. So it was an absolute genius. And Ivan was just completely outcoached by Bennett. Completely. And both the South's halves were magnificent. I thought Adam Reynolds was just, oh, I know I keep saying it, but we've got a good player coming to our team next year. Seriously, he just controlled that game. He showed experience means so much in those big games. Like, his kicking game was just absolutely superb. Um, I can't wait to get him next year. He's going to do so much for that Broncos team. Yeah, definitely be a good addition as long as he stays injury-free. But, yeah, I thought, you know, the best part of this game was just the press conference at the end. I just loved <laughs> yeah. it. The last month has just been awesome for press conferences. It has been. Like, it has I been. normally just, would, don't even care yep. if it, you know, about press conferences too much, apart from maybe the Raiders ones. But... You know, with Robbo and his circus music comments, and I just that was entertaining itself. And then you got Bennett versus Cleary, and um, oh, Bennett just schooling Cleary basically, and it was brilliant, baiting him to constantly say, sort of get caught out a little bit with what he's saying, and it was just, um, I it was it. fantastic. It was just as good as the game. <clears throat> I loved and it, and the game was good. I was good on the Rabbitohs. So I was, I'm really happy they. They they dig through to the preliminary and well yeah that's I mean like what was so impressive with it is that um, South Sydney's defence was so good and I heard um, some stats brought up with uh, about South Sydney um, basically because in I think it was round eleven is when Penrith beat them fifty six to twelve or whatever it was I think I read I heard since then they've played thirteen games and scored over five hundred points so it's nearly forty points a game. And they've, they've conceded less than 16 a game. So, and Wayne Bennett's always had this theory when he's coached teams. If he can coach a team to average less than 18 points in defence per game, he's always confident he'll win the premiership because he knows he can he can get his team to score at least 20. Um, and this South team can definitely do that So in terms of scoring 20 plus. so um, But they, they won on their defence, which was... A real statement because everyone knows they can attack, but now people can can see they can defend too. Um, very very good performance. I was um, yeah, and, and I'm glad you pulled this guy's profile up, um, Adam, because um, he was obviously re- replacing Latrell Mitchell, and he, he he had his first kick. He 
he dropped um, Blake Tapp. But after that, he was absolutely brilliant. He handled everything that came his way after that. And they, yeah. you know, he, he, as I said, he made that early error. But after that, um, everything Penrith threw at him, he handled. And he handled it well. He was involved in, um, in a yeah, try as well. Yeah, how many games he played? Good. Not many. So no, it was just it was really impressive. Oh, he was only involved in, like, yeah. The whole game, he was involved, yes, sorry. And he was impressive. Um, to step in uh, with Latrell's position yep. or number or whatever... And then to perform the way he yep. did, I thought was very well, very good, and yeah, really exactly. young. So yeah, absolutely. Good no, on he him. was um, he was really well. He was really um, strong performer for South. All right, uh, and then onto the last game: um, Parramatta Eels versus Newcastle. Uh, did we? Oh no, we didn't all pick the Eels, but uh, yeah, another good game uh, Sunday afternoon. Watching the footy, drinking a few beers. Yeah, this was a pretty close. Um, you know, a pretty closely fought game. Um, look, Parramatta had definitely had the. Um, they always sort of looked like they were going a little bit better than Newcastle just because they had more territory, they had more possession, but Newcastle wouldn't go away. They sort of stayed close enough the entire game to make you think, with a guy like um, Ponga in their team, they could snatch it late. Um, and look, Ponga had a good... I mean, I think I sent you guys a message when he set up um, uh, the, the second try assist he had. That pass, that's probably the pass of the year, I reckon. That was just a bullet. That was a bullet out of the chamber, and it just hit hit the winger uh, to Arla right on the chest. Like it was just you couldn't, you cannot throw a better pass than that. I just loved watching that kind of footy. Um, and you know, Parramatta got the penalty try late, which which pushed the lead out enough for them to win. But um, you know, Newcastle put up a good fight, um, but they've still got a way to go if they're going to progress next year. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, what do you think about the penalty try? Yeah, that was an interesting one. I mean, look, I think. On the balance of things, like, considering what they do award as penalty tries nowadays, I'm not surprised. And I, I, look, look, I'm a bit of a, a traditionalist in the, that I don't like any of those sorts of ones being awarded penalty tries, but I've accepted the fact that ones like that they are going to award. And, look, I know some people have tried to say, well, why wasn't Victor Radley's in the Roosters game a penalty try? And the key difference was, whilst, yes, he was grabbed, um, Jaden Campbell was right there in the shot. So he was he was just as good a chance of getting that ball or at least holding Victor Radley up if he got the ball. Whereas with this one, there was no one there was no one in front of the Parramatta player. So basically all he had to do was catch the ball. So that's why they've obviously awarded it. I guess the bit that's interesting is Pink Gutherson did not mean to drop kick the ball. He meant to kick the ball, but it hit the ground yeah. first. Now I don't know I don't I Need a bit of get, need to get a bit of clarity on that rule, but for me, I I think if you're not going for field goal or doing a line dropout, you shouldn't be allowed to drop kick the ball. If, if you don't if you don't kick it before it hits the ground, it should be a knock on. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a you could say yeah, technically it's a drop kick because you know it hit the ground first and then he kicked it, but you know it was a drop. It was just a missed time to kick. Yeah, really, exactly. he just dropped it and didn't get the foot to it before it hit the ground. Yeah. So you know that's really a knock on, isn't it? Really, it's not. It's not setting up for a field goal. It's not yeah. setting up for a, a play. I mean, no one's going to use a drop kick in normal play anyway. So, you know, for it to set up a try. Yeah. So it's um, I you know I didn't like that, but you know, in the scheme of things, it's probably not doesn't. Yeah. It's not worth getting sort of all caught up on it. I don't think. Yeah. But, and look, I, look, I think. Yeah, good on Para. Yeah. They're they're through, but I think they're going to face. I think this is as far as I get. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think they're going to face some punishment this week. Yeah, I've got a feeling they are as well, actually. It was an entertaining yeah. game. I mean, in the first two minutes, yep. Newcastle had already scored. 
And then just before halftime finishes, uh, Eels yeah, got like two in that, like five minutes. Real, yeah. I was impressed by that. that I remember now because game, I'm watching it, but point. also this yeah. finding this that's, thing <laughs> helps, oh, helps and look, jog look, the that, memory. Um, that was um, that's a good point actually because Newcastle did have the lead even though they didn't have as much ball, but um, Para got two tries very quickly just before half time, and then they got one not long after half time, and that that's where they got the majority of their points in that that sort of. 10 minutes either side of half-time really sort of um, took it away from Newcastle. And Newcastle fought back, got it close, but just not quite close enough. Yeah. So that was uh, the end of uh, finals round one. There's only four games, obviously, because, you know, half the team half the teams have been knocked out. Uh, so Phantom, Smokes and Principal all scored two out of four. Yeah. Just different two. Uh, and I got three out of four, but, you know, just going off the bookies. Uh, and like I said, there was that one upset. And if it wasn't for that, it would have been, you know, <laughs> mm. a better round for everyone. But anyway, uh, so that brings us to the end of uh, finals round one. Uh, so season wide, let's see. It's up a little bit, yeah. Um, uh, Phantom's on 115. Well, you've actually won. Smokes is on. You've won. There's not enough games for... The um, principle to catch you. You can get everyone wrong, you get everyone right, you win. That's all right. Uh, Smokes, you're on 131. Yep. Just come off That's the bookies it. next year. It's great. Uh, principles on 142, and I'm sitting on 150. I actually challenged the, the favourites because, you know, if I didn't tip Raiders, which most of the time they weren't the favourites, oh, I would have been in the lead. Mate, if you were. So um, I'm saying that. Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, that's it. I have no there loyalty is, um, to your any loyalty team. Just... costs you this tipping comp. You should have your loyalty to your team, but then when you're tipping, just mm. do whatever. Yeah, it costs you at least six or seven games, your loyalty. My loyalty... Things for next year. Mm. My loyalty lost me like 700, 800 bucks on Grand Holiday <laughs> um, from the tipping comp. Where if, where if I if I tipped the Roosters in that game, I would have um, been guaranteed first place and about seven, 800 bucks in the tipping, and I went with Raiders and lost. Oh, dear. And for no yep. benefit. But anyway. Oh, don't know if I love my team that much to piss 800 bucks away. Uh, on to some news headlines. He's the one who started mouthing off. Wayne Ivan feud over oh, manipulated yes. refs, as we mentioned earlier. Like, <laughs> but You're so right. This was so fun. This was so fun watching these press conferences. And you know what? Um, <coughs> what I, I mean, look, when Ivan came on, he just sounded like... He sounded a little... I don't know if I want to use the word sook, but... He just sounded like a bloke who just didn't know how to deal with losing. So it's like, oh, I really think, uh, and I've been guilty of it too, but I really think coaches shouldn't be allowed to try and manipulate refs before games. It's like, well, and I, I just I just love the fact that when, when they then said that to Bennett in his press conference, he said, he's the one who started it. He's the one who started mouthing off. All I did was defend it. And, and he said, look, no, I knew about this three yeah. weeks ago because I spoke to the refs privately, which I'm allowed to do, which every coach is allowed to do. And then, I, and then I loved him when he was asked, oh, well, how did, uh, how did it get leaked? How did it get leaked to Penrith? And he said, because he used to work in the ref, uh, with the referee's team. So he's obviously still got mates there, and they've told him about it. <laughs> so he said, so he's the one who started it, so I'm going I'm to go in and bat for my team. What I just love, and I found it so funny that, you know, I, obviously if Ivan Cleary had his time again, knowing he's going first and Wayne Bennett's going to follow, that can just absolutely return, so with no one else... Coming back at him afterwards, yep. um, he just got carved up. Like, oh, he did. Everything he said, Wayne Bennett yep. was ready for. Yep. Had a whole bunch of ammunition to fire away. And it was um, it was definitely the highlight of Saturday night, just watching that at the end of the game. Oh, definitely. 
I saw uh, on my Facebook page, I've got the um, NRL 9 page as a, as a favourite. And um, and so there was a video showing what what, the, what their call team had to say after they'd seen the press conferences. And um, Phil Gould just said, you know what? Something coaches need to learn is you don't take Wayne Bennett on with these mind games, especially around finals time. And he said, and if you are going to take him on, make sure you get the last word. Don't let him have the last word because... <laughs> You're just not going to win. You just can't. He's too good. He just is... Uh, he, uh, it's, and you know what? It, the, the underlying thing is, you know, all this stuff, all the talk during the week about the block plays and all that sort of stuff, and yes, it, it, it helped get get um, South a bit more leeway in terms of being able to get through to Nathan Cleary to put pressure on his kicking game, but it just goes to show that Bennett, Bennett outcoached him. Not just during the week, but on the night. He outcoached him. He, he had a you know, very simple plan on how to beat them, and in the end, Penrith only scored one try the entire night, and it was from a it was from a grubber kick. And even it was a grubber kick that I think their player had to to knock back in from deep past the dead ball line. So it wasn't like a fluent, brilliant attacking move that that got them their try. It was um, a kick and a bit of luck. So he was out coached, and and yeah, it was so fun to watch those press conferences. I love it. You just got to give him the last word, don't you? All right, um, Roosters cop huge finals blow as star attempt to overturn high tackle It's about time backfires. these bastards get what they deserve. People whinging the Roosters, oh, I can't stand it anymore. Seriously, what do they expect? He, his shoulder hit the head. Every other tackle like that has been... Um, well, actually, you know what? I think he was lucky to stay on the field. I thought it could have been Symbionate. So, yep. you know, his shoulder hit, it was going high. It wasn't, you know, he could say he fell into it, but he didn't fall far. Like, it wasn't too low and um you know what it's you know he, he took the risk it was only going to be a week and he took the risk yeah we had a bloke sent off against you against you blokes um when he fell into a tackle so yeah i know what you mean a bit like he, he could have easily got a sin bin and that one was like one of those freak accidents the where one he, in he... the broncos game that was actually falling yeah, yeah. that was yeah exactly so it's like that was sort of unfortunate where he was already ready to tackle and, yeah. you know, he fell and he was quite low by the time he and got there. And there was there. nothing he could do about um, it, yeah. Can't do too much about that, but yeah. this was, he was going high. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, but, it, I mean, Papali got um, suspended for three weeks for a very similar thing. Mm. It's just, he's got bigger shoulders and just knocked the guy completely out. Yeah, yeah, You know, yep. it's exactly the same type of tackle. Yep. He, the guy moved his head a bit lower. He was going for a higher above-the-ball tackle and it's obviously the risk, so... Yeah, I don't don't have any sympathy. I think it's exactly what it deserves. Yeah, I guess what I would say about it is um, karma's a bitch. Uh, I have no sympathy for those cafe <laughs> au lait sipping croissant eastern suburbs Bondi wankers getting what they deserve. They have their little coach come out and have a cry to the refs so they can get every little call go their way. Oh, oh, he wasn't sent off when he did a little high tackle on my little princess. Well... You know what, mate? You didn't have a player sent off yourself just then, so suck it up. Deal with the fact that your your little hooker won't play for the rest of the year because they ain't getting to the grand final. There's no question about that. Um, and I don't feel sorry for them one bit. So what was that, Phantom? What you were going to say? Oh, that's right. You're not here to defend him. <laughs> you know what I'm actually looking most forward to at this weekend? It'll be the last time we have to hear about the Roosters' sob story and all, you know, everything's against them. They have the, the all injuries. Meanwhile, they can still field bloody with their full team, four competitive teams that will still probably make the top eight with oh, exactly. all their overloaded uh, team of stars. Yep. Um, 
And then they have their whinging about players sent off where every other team's been copying it as well. And, you know, usually, I mean, Victor Bradley, he's been doing it all year as well. You know, they, you know, they're just, they're just, oh, you know who it is? Robertson. He says it's all, you know, we don't train for this. He trains to hit high. Yep. Won't be convinced otherwise. Look at all their players that keeps getting simmered. Wouldn't be surprised one bit. Bunch of grubs. I mean, that's, that's just, um, that's just really the eastern <laughs> suburbs way, isn't it? Billy Slater offered three-year Maroons role, but the jury's out on Queensland's huge gamble. I don't think it's a huge gamble, to be honest. Billy Slater was a good player. He was from Melbourne. He'll, he'll coach a good team. We spoke about this last week. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we spoke about this That's last week. It's sort of, worth to chuck it you in. don't have to have the, the coaching. You don't have to be the club coach where you've got to go through all the finer details of getting the team together. You've already got a great team. You just have to be able to manage them. and He's going to have support. Whoever he wants, he can bring in anyone he wants to help him. And, you know, I think, I don't see the, the big gamble really at all. I think it's probably a great, it's a great thing. It probably should have happened, I reckon, before Green. Paul Green, I think. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I guess um, everyone always speaks about how, how good Billy was um, in video sessions and stuff when he was at the Storm and, and Queensland and all that. So his, they say his football knowledge is second to none. Um, so I don't think that side of things will be much of an issue. So long as he um, uh, gets some, some experienced guys around him. So I think someone like a Neil Henry would be a really good guy for him to have as, as an assistant because he's someone who's coached for a long time. And that way when those, um, those situations come up that Billy either hasn't thought about or hasn't experienced, well, Neil Henry's you know, coached... I mean, he coached Canberra at one point, didn't he? I mean, he coached the Cowboys... He's been assistant at Queensland before, so he he's coached yeah. a lot of football. So he's seen a lot. I think so long as he gets some very you know experienced guys around him as assistants, a bit like what Kevy's done at the Broncos, and and you know he's got John Cartwright, who's you know quite experienced. He's been at a lot of clubs. So guys like that, I think, are, are, are very important to have around him. But but Billy will be fine. I mean, he's champion champion Queensland player, and and. Um, you know, he knows the system really well, and he know, he knows what success is. So, you know, he'll, he'll bring he'll bring the shield home, baby. Don't you worry about that. I guess there has been a little uh, bit of Mad Mondayness happening. If uh, if I if this next story is anything to go by, brawling Broncos star breaks silence after silly bust up <laughs> leaves teammate bloody. Oh, Mad Monday, and it happened on a Tuesday apparently. Oh well, Mad Tuesday, or it just kept going. It's a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's it. It was just one long day. <laughs> but look. Look, it's it's not too much in it. Um, basically, a couple of Broncos forwards, Jordan Rickey and, and Tom Flegler, after their one of the uh, a night out with the Mad Monday celebrations, um, they they started to have a bit of um, muck around wrestling, and then I think Jordan Rickey started to be a bit of a showboat and a bit of a you know skylarking, as they say, and then Flegler didn't really take kindly to that, so he's I think throwing a punch and. Busted his face a little bit, but I gave you know gave him a bit of a cut above his eye or something, and they they rang each other the next day and said, "Yeah, sorry, we're both being dicks," and they told the club about it, and I think the club have sort of given them a warning, saying, "Look, guys, just don't do that shit. You know, keep the wrestling at, at training. Don't do it when you're out on the drink." And um, that's pretty much it. I don't think either of them are getting fined or sanctioned, and nor should they. I mean, in the end, it was a couple of footy players who got on the drink for their end of season celebrations. They got into a bit of a wrestle and. That's it. And they've apologised afterwards. Just, yeah, it doesn't seem like as much nah, in it. And just a bit of, you know what? It's happened over the years. It's happened heaps of times. You've had, um, you know, end of year celebrations. People have had 
bust ups and stuff. Remember um, Bo Ryan, I think, had a massive, got decked by Paul Gallon yeah. a few years back when they were playing. Yep, and, yep. You know, there's a few, uh, you know, it happens. Look, look, I don't think anything ever comes from it. It's just. Sometimes mates argue, and yeah. look, it doesn't always end in, in throwing fists or anything, but sometimes mates argue and they can get a bit heated, and then afterwards they sort of go, oh, you know what, I was probably a bit over the top, better call and apologise. Like, I'm sure it's happened to all of us before. So, you know, that happens, move on. Just a bit of fun, it's just kind of funny. <laughs> that, um, yeah. you know, had yeah, to happen it to happens. us. <laughs> it happens. A couple of stories left. NRLW season postponed until early 2022 due to the pandemic. I feel like we talked about this one last week. Yeah, I think we covered this one last Very week. Very briefly mentioned it last week. I thought I'd just, you know, out of respect of the women's competition, probably thought it was worth just chucking in here. So, we, I mean, basically this gives a bit of detail as to why why they postponed it. Basically because, you know, with the women, they're, they're um, I guess they're semi-professional. So they've all, they've generally got full-time jobs or full-time study. So... For, and since most of them are based in New South Wales, for them to relocate to Queensland, which is the only place they can play it at the moment, for an eight-week period to complete the competition is just not realistic when they've got jobs. So they've sort of decided that you know it's it's best to postpone it until the pre-season of next year when they can actually you know have have a have a full season. And by then, you'd like to think that the the vaccination rates will be up at a, a at a high enough rate in the states that. They can actually play these games with freedom wherever they need to play them. So they can play them at their home grounds. Um, and it, it, it'll add a bit of interest. Um, I guess what's good is because it'll all be televised. So it's going to give us something to watch during the preseason, which will get us pretty pumped up for the, um, for the men's season that, that'll start in March. So during that January, February period, we get to watch um, the, the, female, the, the female teams play some games and then move into the men's competition. I think that's really cool. That's what the AFL does anyway. With their competitions, they actually play it before the men's season starts. So it's, I actually think it's kind of cool. I actually like this better than what they were going to do when they moved it to the end of the season. Like, I think we mentioned, you know, you get to the grand final, you're sort of done with league for a while. So, you know, for me, I, I probably wouldn't have watched it, but I'm more likely now to watch it in the preseason when I'm yeah. ready for league to start yeah, back exactly. up again. Yeah, exactly. You sort of get to, like, mid, mid-January where you're like, Fuck, I just want the footy yeah. to start now. And now it's like, oh, well, there will be footy. Like, You've had the cricket. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so it means that, you know, we'll be able to probably, you know, personally me, I'll enjoy it more then than I probably wouldn't have watched it afterwards. Yep. I do I do really like it when it, they run it with the NRL finals. Yeah, absolutely. So their usual position. Yes. I love I, I love that part of it. Yep. Um, but then, yeah, obviously they couldn't do it this year. And then yep. I think this is the best situation they... Out of all of the situations, I feel like this has sort of worked well. I think so. Given what's happened. I think so. It's, it's, it's going to give the season a real good kickstart because it's like, no, we're playing a, the first grade women's competition, then into the men's competition, Origin, and then the women will also play their 2022 season um, to coincide with their grand final being on the same day as the men's grand final next year. So they're still going to get that next year, which is great. Yeah. So I think, I think it's good. Uh, a lot of bets... Oh. This is a bit brutal this week. And uh, four bets. <laughs> oh, well, that's the other reason you should be filthy about them not giving the ball to the feeder. It cost you 10 beers. Oh, and also the, the money that they paid the ref and touch judge oh. and bunker to not call that. They owe you 10 beers, man. The wall that they did, they cost me all these imaginary beers. I would have been happy to give you five beers for the Titans to win. I would have been happy with that. The positive thing is, right... The Phantom's not here, so I'm going to do his Phantom bet. I was going to say, and I'm he doesn't get, get to get some beers back. Week. So it's going to be a four beer bet, right? At so, least four beers. 
Yeah, it's going to be a 4 v event, oh, and it's going to be pretty outrageous. Oh, so, Smokes, you're up, I think, by 6, but I could be wrong. Principal's lost 8, and Phantom's up by 2. So I'll be on 33. There's your missing beer. So I was right. I just didn't have that last one added up correctly. All right, no problems. All right, so Phantom's on 27, Principal's on 12, Smokes on 33. Yeah. So on to this week's bets, boys. Do you want... Have, the... have you got one, Principal, for yourself? Before we before we make phantoms for him. Oh, let me. No, you go first because I'm still trying to think. All right, let's 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 have a look at the games here. We got the Manly Sea Beagles up against the Sydney Rooters, and the Licorice All Sorts up against the Snakes. All right, here's here's one. In at least one of these games this weekend, someone will be sent off. Four beers. Sent off. I'll take it. Sent off, not sin bin. Sent off. Four beers. Phantom will probably take that one I too. I think he I will too. So, He'll jump on that one. so we'll, we'll go four beers yeah. here. You'll both. I reckon up. definitely a sim bin, but send off. Mm. I'm going all in, baby. Well, I'm going to go. My beer bet's going to be this week. Both Manly and Penrith will win by 13 plus. So Ooh, both games will be won by 13 plus. Those two teams. I, I reckon it's not going to be. Both games won't be close. So I think you're right with one run of with those. That one. And I'll chuck four beers on it. Yeah, I'll take that because I think you're right with one of those, but wrong with the other. But I will not reveal which one until we do our tips. Yeah, no, I feel and then Phantom's bet. And now we get to make one for Phantom. Ro- Roosters thirty plus. Four, <laughs> four beers. Or should we make it something realistic? Give him, give him like half. Uh, a Phantom chance. is gonna. Oh no, we're gonna do the <laughs> Phantom is putting a bet on that. The Roosters mm-hmm. will win by another block play oh, okay. to kick a winning so, so field goal. So they're going to run a block play again and be successful again. Okay. To kick the winning field goal <laughs> yep. again. Yep. Uh, and it's obviously four beers, so I'll, I'll take that bet. Four beers. I'll take that bet. We'll both take those. Mm. I like it. I like it. Oh, this is going to be my favourite bit of the podcast. Oh, yes. This is all for you, Principal. This is all for you, Principal. I saved this one especially for you. It is the drum roll. The Dugan Report. Final edition. The Dugan Report. The final Dugan Report of the year. And you know what? We've managed to stretch this out the whole season. The final, final, he has been sacked. Yes. Surprise, surprise. I thought he retired. No, he got sacked first. (laughs) And then he retired because, oh, right, because okay. he was sacked. Let's face it. Right. Two two out of three clubs he's been sacked at. And, you know, it was a pretty dodgy exit from um, the Dragons as well, mm. his mm. time there as well. So, you know, he just, it's just he was the gift that kept on giving. And it's a little bit sad that we won't have that anymore. I know. But he's, I know. I'm sure he's going to enjoy many a cruiser on many a rooftop. Over the years, oh, definitely. Um, and you know, he'll tell plenty of guys to go and end themselves on Twitter. Um, hashtag end yourself. Yeah. Hashtag end yourself, courtesy of Dugan. And look, I'm sure we'll find a new uh, athlete we can have a report about um, next he'll, year. He'll, so he'll, he'll jump behind. He'll jump behind the wheel and um, you know just escape quarantine and all that sort of. Shit. It'll be it'll be good fun. Uh, look, yeah, the, I guess the biggest hole he's going to leave in my heart is the fact that we will no longer have the Dugan Report because this is my favourite part of the podcast. D- it didn't make an entry every you week, know, but was... He, he was a strong contributor for a long time and I'm, I, I, we're going to have to find something to fill it. Yeah, As you said, do we find another player? Do we do we make another segment? I don't know, but 
this is gonna lose. This is gonna be hard. The, the, for me we to don't get find past. the player. The player finds us. The player finds us. Yeah, the, the player yeah. finds you us. Know, I like that it's one. just the one player we talk about <laughs> most weeks. Yep. And we just chuck him in. It's probably going to be Radley. I was, Victor I was, Radley, I was actually, just about to say the you know, exact same name. Does. It's going to be Victor the fucking is, conflictor. Is Victor Radley the new Dugan? Is Victor... Victor the well, inflictor? I'd call, call him the conflictor. Victor the conflictor, but, you know, that's just because, you know... He does inflict a lot of harm on people by dodgy tackles. He does, he does. So, um, you know... The other option is... The other option is, Principal, uh, track Dugan down on, just, like, just Instagram follows. and Twitter yeah. and just... But he'll come up with something week. every now and then. He'll do something stupid. So uh, he, he may make like a guest appearance, a guest Dugan report appearance every now and then next year. Yeah. But the regularity yeah. is going to be. He's got to be gone. He's got to be good for like something during the next year or so. Oh yeah. You've got to think. Goodbye, Dugan. It's been fun. We love you, Dukes. All right. Well, we'll wait till we'll wait till next year to find out. Good luck All in right. retirement, son. <laughs> um, on to finals round two. I believe we're in the yeah. semi-finals. Uh, so we've got two games to tip. Uh, we've got Manly versus uh, Roosters. Smokes, um, who are you going? Look, I am going to tip Manly, uh, but I think this game is going to be a bit closer than people think. Um, I just wonder if... Uh, and look, he could very well come out and just have an absolute blinder, Tom Trebojevic, but uh, maybe he's a little bit rattled because he was not just well contained by Melbourne, but... I almost dare say he had a shocker, at least by his standards he did. Um, and the, the one thing about the Roosters, as much as we hang shit on them, as much as we say they got gifted a win, which they did, um, they are a gutsy team. And, and, and they are the sort of team who can scrap and stay in, a, stay in the fight. So this is the one that I'm expecting will be 1-12, to 12, not 13+. plus. Principal? Um, no, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think <laughs> Trevojevic will carve them up. Roosters, I mean, they've lost more players. They're just, you know, they've done what, you know, as Smoke said, they've, we put shit on them the whole, well, especially me, the whole year. But um, they've done so, they've done really well to get where they are, to be honest, at the end of this year with the players they've lost. Um, but I think they're going to get carved up this week. Manly will be primed for a, a game after sort of being really embarrassed by Melbourne. And um, I don't think Roosters will be able to go with them the whole 80. And I think it might blow out at the end. I am looking forward to Turbo Tom up against Teddy Tedesco. I've got to say, that that should be a very good battle. Because Teddy, yeah. without question, has been carrying the Roosters for the last two months. And he very much carried them last week too. He He was really, really strong for them. He's got to do it again. He's yeah, got to this... find a way to do it again. And it, it may just be a bit too much this time, but he's he's um, I'm looking forward to that battle. I guess the other thing too is now that Beryls is out, um, they've got to come up with a new hooker. So I was sort of reading before the possibility is that Lachlan Lamb may go to hooker and then Sam Walker will start the match possibly. Um, that's probably how I would go um, and do it. But we'll see what uh, Dodgy Trent comes up with. Yeah, it's, um, it'd definitely be interesting. But, yeah, I mean, both games are crackers this week and that's how it should be, really, second week of the finals anyway. But, yeah, want. just um, I think think Roosters will be undone this week. Yep. And the sob story, as we said, will be over. Oh, I know, finally. <laughs> All right, and then the last uh, the last game here, Penrith Panthers versus Parramatta Eels. Uh, Principal, who are you going? Um, 
I'm going to go the Eels. Even though I think Penrith are going to win by 13 plus. I just, I'm tipping the Eels because I just really want them to win. That, that, I'm tipping the Eels. Even though I think Penrith will win 13 plus, I'm tipping the Eels. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, but like, all, beers and points, they're different. I've done the beer bet. I, I'm sure Penrith are going to destroy the Eagles. You, but you can't finish first in the tipping comp. You're too far behind. You can't fall to third. So, anyway, that, that's... So I'm just, just tipping who I, I want. I just love, just, your, <laughs> I just love your logic. I'm gonna be, I want to be that person, right? I'm going to be the person next week goes... Fuck, I tipped the Eels. If they win, I'll be the only one. Yeah, you're you're right. going to be the Phantom, I phantom version right. too. I, I knew that one. I got that, I got that one upset. Yeah, once. I knew that one. Um, look, I, I, I think I could see an ambush coming. I, I, yeah, there's an ambush, but it's coming from, uh, it's coming from the Blue Mountains, <laughs> not from fucking, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the Paraguay. I, I, I think Penrith are going to rip them a new asshole. if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, I look yeah. at both performances, and yes, I know that Penrith lost to South and, and, and the Eels got up, but Penrith are up against a extremely well-coached, very strong football team. Um, Parramatta are against a very inconsistent Newcastle team. Um, I cannot see... And look, uh, Penrith get a few guys back. They get Dylan Edwards, and that's something that, that we overlooked before. He got ruled out on the da- uh, the day of the game, their fullback. So he's back this week. Um, uh, so I think they're a stronger team. I think they will they will want to make a statement. And look, they they need to win comfortably for two reasons. One, they need to build some confidence back in their attack. And two, um, they need to get to a point where after about fifty or sixty minutes, they're up by so much they can pull their big guns off and keep them fresh for Melbourne the following week. So they need to win big. If they don't win big, they've got no chance against Melbourne. Yeah, I think they'll um, they'll do it pretty easy. And yeah, I think you know Eels. They're still missing. Is it Reed Marnie? And you know their yeah. their team's not full strength either. Yeah. And you know I didn't think they played that well against the, the Knights. It's probably the the lowest quality game out of the lot. So probably yeah, was yeah. Go the Eels, but. <laughs> I think they're going to get smashed. I hope they win. I'll tip them, but I think they'll lose. All right. So uh, with the other two teams that won having a week off, how much of a – like, they get a huge advantage, right? It is. Look, look at this time of year, it's massive. Um, I think I read somewhere during the week that I think 12 of the last 13 premiers had had the week off going into the preliminary final or something like that. The only time it didn't happen was when the Cowboys beat the Broncos in 2015. They didn't get the week off, but they came through. Um, but <coughs> it's so important to get that week off um, at this time of year because you think of it, they've been playing for 25, 26 weeks straight. Um, it just gives them the... like The fact is they know they're there. They know they're into week three, so they don't have any pressure this mm. week. They can sit back and they can watch the other four teams beat the out of each other and that is such a such a strong position to be in knowing that we get an extra seven days rest on these guys we can watch them bash the crap so they may get injuries suspensions whatever um and where that really shows i i think um i think it shows early and it shows late in those games um well look last year um last year both teams who got the week off made the grand final pretty comfortably i think um i know melbourne did they 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 got through pretty comfortably last year and yeah, so it is such a huge advantage. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of 
Pub Talk Rugby League. Uh, thank you all for listening. You can get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, and until next week, bye. That's it. Go the bunnies, maybe. I don't know if I'm See going ya. for now. But go. hey, go someone. Boo the roosters. Go the eels. See ya.